0: In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I wanna invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up podcast listeners, digital agency owners, welcome to another episode of The Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. Today, we are joined with Steve Thiel, who is actually my business partner and co-founder here at YouGurus. Steve currently sits in our integrator and marketing lead seats in our business. He has led dozens of employees here at YouGurus, as well as our digital agency, Hot Press Web. He uh, managed the operations at our agency, managed and launched hundreds of website projects, marketing projects. And to date, Steve has managed over uh, half a million dollars of ad spend on Facebook, as well as uh, led our marketing and sales team to deliver three to 4,000 uh, strategy calls with our potential customers, launched dozens of products. Welcome to the program, Steve.
1: Hey, Brent. Great to be here.
0: So as part of your intro, I, uh, I said that you currently sit in a seat in the business called integrator uh maybe you can just tell us a little bit about what that is and we'll we'll go from there
1: yeah sure so what is an integrator i would imagine a fair amount of the audience is familiar with eos uh it's basically the the leader of the company Um, so you know even if you're not running on eos and you don't call yourself an integrator i think a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is still going to apply to you. It's just we kind of run under the EOS model. So we're really talking about leadership um, here with an integrator. I think probably the best definition of what an integrator does, is it's really someone who focuses on three things. I think it's people, process, and profit. So if you're thinking about those five responsibilities of what a great integrator does, I think they all – Revolve around those three things: um, people being first. So, you got to be someone that's good with people. You got to be able to roster a good team and be able to foster them and the relationships between those people, and really live the core values that you and your your visionary have put together. I think that's first and foremost, and that really translates into delivering value to the customers and ultimately resulting in that profit. Um, EOS talks a lot about vision and traction. Your job is really about putting together the, the traction around the vision that your visionary has um, and getting that customer results. Um, and, and for our listeners
0: yeah. that that don't know what EOS is, it's entrepreneurial operating system popularized, uh, or it's, it's the company of uh, Gino Wickman, which was popularized in the book Traction. So if you haven't uh, taken a look at that, um, definitely a recommendation out of today's program. But I think what you're you're saying here in terms of really the, the leader of the company, um, you know, probably resonates with folks you know that aren't aware of of EOS and and, and being an integrator. Uh, what what drew you to this role in the business how how could somebody know like oh i'm i'm an integrator or maybe i need an integrator what 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 about this role appealed to you
1: um i don't know if it necessarily appealed to me it was more out of necessity <laughs> and <laughs> you have to be the leader when you're when you're starting up a company unless you've got a lot of funding and you've already got a really great network and you've got someone for that role i think if you're in that role um, what makes a great integrator is you love you love people. You love to put together systems and processes and get your marketing and operations and finance and admin all running together smoothly and being efficient and delivering a ton of value and ultimately being profitable. Um, I think it's someone that has a lot of patience, is good at listening, um, good at making decisions, I think, you know, there's tons of visionaries out there. I think deep down, you, you and me are both visionaries at some level. And I think we both have sat in that integrator seat and it's tough. I think it takes a, a special type of person. I don't know what the the ideal Colby score, uh, score is, but I would imagine we're we're pretty far from it. <laughs> so I would say out of necessity is why I'm in the seat. Yeah.
0: And, and and Colby is a um, it's not a personality test it's what they call a conative energy test. Uh, if you haven't if you don't don't know what Colby is, uh, you know, take a second when you get in front of a computer to to Google Colby and it essentially measures your conative energy or, or basically how you execute. Uh, so there there is a certain uh, you know probably some some uh, cognitive uh, types that very much resemble what an integrator or different, you know, kind of focus areas. And I know, I know, uh, when I, when I talk to other visionaries, a lot of times we, we measure high in the quick start. Like we, we, we like to get big ideas and see things get kicked off the ground. Whereas an integrator oftentimes has more of a, an opposite of that high follow through, um, so kind of yeah. what you're, you're saying here, we 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 both I think have a little bit of that quick start, and 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 you, you just happen to be more on the follow through, more on the process and systems than than I am per se, and and so you kind of sit in the seat. Now you mentioned three things that I think you know as as we kind of transition away from just talking about you know integrator as a seat today, uh, being a leader in your business. Uh, you mentioned patience, listening, and decisions. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit more about that. Like what, when, when you're thinking about yourself as a leader, why, why are these three, three things really important?
1: Um, yeah, I think I've got a couple things on this. So, I mean, as a, as a integrator, you're really dealing with, I would say four or five core people, depending on the size of your business you're dealing with, depending on how you're set up, you're either reporting to. A visionary or a business owner or you're working with them as a partner or some other type of arrangement and then you've got your three direct reports with marketing sales operations finance admin and if you were smart you'd also have an assistant that would take care of a lot of your day-to-day stuff so you've really got what is that one two three four five people that you should probably be working with so it's again it's all about people team building so Whatever your visionary has come up with a vision, you got to, you know, be able to roster that team. I know. Um, what's uh, what's Keith integrator I think uh, she had a really good line, Caitlin. That, yeah, Caitlin. About her main job is keeping a bullpen of potential people that she could hire to fill all the the seats that she had on her accountability chart. I think that that's pretty smart on her part. I think that's that's pretty key. So building your team, keeping that bullpen, and really really being good at vetting people and understanding what seat you're hiring for and making sure that that person gets it and they want it and they have the capacity to do that and that they're going to be a good team player. Um, so I'd say that's number one is team building. Number two is probably delegation. I think this is probably hard if you're a, a scrappy bootstrapper and you already do everything in your business and you're wearing a lot of hats, you got to be, be first willing and and then able to delegate, um, which is hard. And you got to be able to let your team take some risks and know that they're going to fail and just know that, you know, failing is okay. Failing is about learning. Everybody's got to learn. And it's really your job to keep your team confident and recognize them. And, you know, I don't know. Put your ego in check and really be able to delegate things. Can,
0: can you can you clarify what you mean by um you know let, know your team's going to fail? Like I mean obviously you I assume you know we 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 want our team to succeed, but you're saying that like know that there will be failure kind of along the way. Like if you're assigning them something that's new or you're assigning them something that's challenging, there there might be kind of failures as you go and be kind of prepared for prepared that people might not always do what you're asking them to do perfectly. Uh, the first time or maybe even the next time?
1: I mean, yeah, we're, what are we trying to do? We're ultimately trying to replicate ourselves. And what do we do? We take, we have an idea, we're problem solving, we're being creative, we're taking a swing at something and maybe it fails miserably, maybe it doesn't, but that's ultimately what we want people doing. I don't think we just want order takers and yes, people working for us. So I think that's what I'm meaning is like, if someone has a big idea, you know, nurture it, encourage it. Obviously you need to play devil's advocate and ask the right questions and steer them in the right direction, but don't be one that's, that's micromanaging and shutting down ideas because you don't think it'll work.
0: Have you ever found yourself in that position where you've, you've kind of micromanaged uh, somebody and then you've kind of learned from that experience to, to change the, the dynamic of how you work with people?
1: I mean, sure, all the time. Everything that I'm talking about, I've I've probably done the opposite on. Um, so yeah, like I've micromanaged people when, you know, I I thought I was right. You know, like I knew the right solution and I was going to make them do that, when it was really just like ego in play, and really trying to force that. And it, it goes down from like the micro level stuff, like managing how someone replies to a support ticket, or something even bigger, like how do I put together a plan to handle this strategic objective that you set out for people? So really taking a step back and it goes back to the listening thing. Um, Yeah. Just trying not to be in people's business as much. Mm. Is there anything
0: that you've learned to do uh, to, to, to identify when, when it's ego that's coming up as, as the way that you're, you're responding to something that you see something that's not being done maybe how you would want it done in the business or it's not getting the results or the outcome that you'd like. Uh, how, how can our listeners identify, you know, with their direct reports that, you know, this, this, this idea that I have or the way that I'm trying to lead them is, is more because of my ego and not really being a good leader.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great segue into the third point, which is, is listening. Um, I would say keeping yourself in check and almost trying to have a poker face, if you will, keep your opinions close to your chest and know when to know when to speak at the right time because when you speak, everybody's gonna listen because you're the leader. Um, and the last thing you wanna do is if you're in a creative session or you know letting the team work something out, you don't wanna pollute the, the thought well, if you will. You don't wanna lead people and bias people to say, well, Mr. Leader thinks this is right, so let's go in that direction. Um, so I'd say learn how to ask great questions. Probably the thing I had to work on very early on was getting my question to statement ratio correct. <laughs> like I think I had it um, inverse. I think I was making 90% statements, 10% questions. You probably want to have that more like 90% questions, 10% statements. <clears throat> and then always, you know, don't think that you're right. I mean, I think we'll talk about a little bit, but know your numbers, have your issues list. Um, you know, the more the thing, more that you can run things objectively, the less your ego is going to be. Be getting in the middle of things. Um, so yeah, ask questions and and know your numbers and try and run things objectively is how I'd answer that.
0: Why do you think having, a uh, you know, an integrator in a business, you know, essentially we have this kind of visionary integrator relationship. Uh, I'm currently sitting in the visionary seat and then you sit in the integrator seat, you basically run the team. Why do you think that style of structure works for, for businesses?
1: Why does that work? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it just comes back to the, the vision and traction part. Like those are two very distinct yin and yang type things. Um, someone who's a visionary, they've got to be really big and creative and big ideas, big relationships, a million ideas. They're not all good, you know. You need that offset with the integrator. Are, are, are you, are you
0: saying, saying not all my ideas are good, Steve? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all of our ideas are, are not very good. It's one of those things where it's like you got to be able to filter that and keep it in alignment with keeping the team motivated and focused and delivering the right customer value and, and not going down tangents and rabbit holes. I think you and I struggle with it because we're both really visionary. So I'll hear an idea and I'll love it. I think it's the right idea and we'll just we'll run with it. And sometimes that's gotten us in trouble. So you really need that offset that with an integrator to say, all right, well, let's let's evaluate this, let's make sure we're asking the right questions, let's do our due diligence before we dive in head first. So and it comes down, that's the fourth point under skills, I think, is decision making. Um, you know, you got to know your numbers, you gotta know your issues, you gotta know what the long-term plan is and where you're trying to get to. Um, and yeah, just having that objective reality to offset the the creative and the inspirational that's coming from a visionary. It's a it's a tricky mix depending on the relationship that you have with between that integrator and, and visionary. It can be it can be tricky.
0: I just imagine a situation where you know you come into work one day and then <laughs> and I and I come at you like, oh my god, I had this huge idea, you know, and, and I feel like that uh, being that filter for the business of saying, hey, that's a great idea. You know, listening, being patient with it, letting it come out of its shell, and then saying, you know, but we have these other things to focus on right now. Is it? Is it? Are you saying this new thing is more important than those other things? And I think that process has been really helpful for us to, you know, and kind of go, oh, well, maybe we should kind of focus on the things that we already had set out to accomplish, and, uh, and maybe let's hold that till till later.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Nick Kuzmic said something about you know finish the bridge that you build. He got that. I don't know where he got that inspiration from, but I think it's pretty smart. And that's what the integrator does. Is you know here's the vision for this bridge that we're building to somewhere. Let's let's finish that first before we we focus on this other thing and have to put all this time and energy and capital into to getting it started.
0: Just kind of recap for our listeners, I think you went through four components of what you called kind of the, the skills of the integrator. So team building, delegation, listening, and decision-making. Did I have that correct?
1: Yeah, those are the four that I, I thought were most important.
0: I want to, I want to jump back to uh, listening because I think that's so important. And, and you kind of said something. It's not just really listening to people, but it's actually uh, kind of stoking them a bit with, with great questions. Uh, and you had said that your question to answer ratio, or I should say, question statement ratio, was was off, right? It was flipped. You were making more statements than questions. Um, what What are some great questions? Is Is there are there great questions that you have, uh, you know, leaned on uh, that you could share with our listeners, or is it a a mindset around questions?
1: <clears throat> well, I think any open ended question is better than a leading question or something that doesn't open up the conversation. Um, So it's a lot of, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. What did you mean by that? Could you expand on that? And then, you know, playing some devil's advocate, like, well, have you thought about this or, you know, which of your assumptions are wrong? Um, it just—it really kind of depends on, on the situation, but open-ended and always trying to lead to, to truth and not you know, trying to justify someone's belief or ego or anything like that. It's like, what are the questions that are going to get us to the truth or the real symptom that's causing this issue in the business right now?
0: Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you ask a question? like that and and the answer you get is you know not the answer that you wanted but it's you know and that ego starts to kind of chime in i mean how do you how do you handle yourself in that situation i mean you mentioned kind of poker face uh i know when i've asked somebody about something, I, I'm probably the worst at this, which, you know, they, they don't give me the answer I want. And I'm like, no, you are wrong. It must be this, right? But I think that that's, that's obviously getting back to that core uh, word of leadership of that's not really leading somebody. That's just, you know, directing them or that's micromanaging them or or whatever versus being that true leader.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer to that. I mean, I struggle with it. Like I said earlier, it's one of those things where, it's just like anything in your life, you know, you gotta have the right habits, you gotta have the discipline to to I don't know, know your your lower form self and your higher form self and be able to put that in check. I mean it's a daily thing. There's no it's just the way we're wired as humans. You know, like it's a daily battle to do the best you can.
0: What are some of the challenges? Uh, I'm going to start with the relationship between you, you know, the integrator and the visionary relationship, right? But but what are we? we mentioned some of them of uh, trying to protect the business from shiny objects and to try to execute this, you know, execute the vision. So uh, be running that. But what are some of the other challenges that you faced in terms of uh, relationship with the visionary?
1: Um. Well, I think it really depends on. Relationship that you have like are you partners with that visionary or are you just an employee like working within the business like you and i are partners so i would imagine you know any partnership <laughs> it's not like we're married but it's pretty much like a marriage you know like that's a lot harder than a situation where you know, the, the visionary or the integrator is like the authority because they're a business owner and they've hired someone else to fulfill that role. Um, but just know that when you're dealing with a visionary, you're usually dealing with someone that has really strong beliefs and they're probably pretty persuasive and they probably are pretty good at people getting people to believe what they want them to believe. And those are all good things, but it's a double edged sword. And that they're always going to be pitching you on their ideas. So I think that's really the, like the core, core issue is just getting that vision and traction, um, you know, getting that right friction between those two. I think your visionary probably shouldn't be in the business. So keeping them, well, I shouldn't say that. I'll take a step back. They should be in the business, but Brent, the way that you put it, um, the clouds in the dirt, like having that right balance of like, Where and when should that visionary be in the business and how do you manage that so they're not running roughshod over your processes and getting the the business to run smoothly. So I think those are probably the two two big things that I would call out.
0: Yeah, it's a, a Gary Vaynerchuk line of clouds in the dirt. And I think that, I mean, I think from a visionary perspective, what I probably made a mistake of. At some point in the last six years, was um, was getting involved in kind of the middle, right? Getting involved in I think integrator business of you know the the running of the business versus you know when I think of clouds and dirt, it's like okay, big picture, and also the dirt is like working with customers, like directly with the product or directly with customers, and being you know having your your fingers on the pulse of what's happening and and, and getting your hands dirty with that. Um, but not being in that kind of middle space, which I think is essentially where the integrator should probably, you know, own that space like a hundred percent with, you know, the team, the leadership, management, and accountability of of the other people in the business. I mean, that's something that I've I've learned over time that I'm just not great at, um, and and really isn't where that my seat should be sitting anyways. Of of managing people day to day. Some of the things you mentioned today of uh, being patient, <laughs> listening, uh, you know working through decisions and things like that I, I, I know are, are not my, my forte.
1: Yeah, and I, it kind of uh, I't I think that segues to pitfalls. I think that's the one that I'm currently stuck in is you've got to have your focus. I think to be a great leader slash integrator, that's like the only thing that you need to do and need to focus on. If you want to be really great at that, um, which I don't have that luxury right now. And that's something that we probably need to work on is if we wanted me to be a really great integrator, we would need a, a marketing and sales lead to take over what I'm doing there. And, and let's... So I think people are, you know, lots of people are probably struggling with that being a small company. It's like, well, I don't have a ton of capital to hire all these people to report to me and you have to kind of manage and report to yourself, which I've never been able to successfully do. <laughs> <laughs> Holding ourselves accountable is
0: definitely—I uh, uh, mean, well, it's hard, right? Because it's like you kind of—for for me personally, I mean, if, if I set a goal and then I don't get to it, it's—it's it's like this uh this like self-shaming process or something. Um, when you're trying to hold yourself accountable or manage yourself, uh, but but let's talk about that because I think what you just—not not what I just said, but what you just said around. Uh, a struggle of this seat or having multiple seats that you sit in uh, when you're a small business that you wear, you know, these multiple hats, right? That um, we, we kind of hear about like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing so many hats, right? But a lot of times we don't define those hats. But you currently, we have two two seats that you're currently sitting in, right? You're, you're integrator and you're also marketing uh, and sales lead, which are two both very demanding positions, as you've kind of alluded to, um, how, how do you, uh, kind of step between those different seats, uh, right
1: now? Uh, I mean, you, you gotta be conscious of what you're doing. I mean, it might sound silly, but I mean, it's like, literally I have a specific hat on, like I have the marketing hat on or I have the integrator hat on. And here's the way that I should be thinking. You know, you kind of have the curse of knowledge in both seats, and it's very easy to jump between two and, and not really know what role you're fulfilling at what point in time. So just what are those tools and mechanisms that you can put in place to be clear with yourself on a day-to-day basis of, you know, right now I'm focused on marketing, you know, I'm not interacting with the team. Like I've got Slack closed down. People understand that I'm working because I have to. And, you know, jump out of that. And then you've got to be the integrator, the firefighter, the person that's working with everybody on issues and holding your team meetings. So for me, I I try and have all my team meetings on Wednesday. Like that's my big integrator day. And then I'll, I'll chunk out specific parts of my calendar to really just focus on one or the two. And that kind of helps keep you focused on on what you're trying to do and trying to accomplish.
0: Hmm. So, so literally, well, maybe this is literally, maybe it's not, do you actually wear different hats like in the
1: real world? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have one hat in my office right now. It's my Start me up fishing hat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that I, I don't know. I'm just playing,
0: uh, you know, playing ideas here, but uh, maybe even having like a physical hat of, of now I'm in this seat. I know when I had, uh, uh, I was briefly in, at the time, you know, for, for our company, I was in, sitting in both seats for, for a period of time and uh, uh, visionary and an integrator. And I had like a, a totem. And when I had like the totem on one side, it was like I'm playing visionary. When I had the totem on the other side, I was playing integrator. Um, but sometimes those physical things can help anchor you into into that. It sounds like you use your calendar and yeah. or specific days of the week where you say, look, this is my, you know, if I'm spending two thirds of my time or a third of my time or whatever it is on this seat, this is this is kind of my day for that.
1: Yeah, I guess that, you know, the hat comparison is you've got the different blocks on your calendar and I color code things just to kind of. Give that real physical appearance of difference. What other uh,
0: what other challenges? I mean, that you, have you experienced um, as the leader in the business, as as the integrator? Anything else?
1: Um, so yeah, the first one was focus. Second one was ego. I feel like we've talked about that quite a bit already. Um, really, just making sure that you're. You're not falling into the trap of, um, how should I put it? I guess getting drunk on power would be a good way of putting it. Like, make sure that you're checking yourself. Uh, The third one, I think, is really important. Something that um, if you don't figure out, you'll you'll see it, and you might not figure it out until it's too late. It's really your habits. So if you're a parent, you know that your kids are going to, replicate your behavior and what you do. I mean, I don't want to imply that it's the same type of relationship between you and a team member, but as a leader, people look up to you and they're going to replicate mm. the things that you do. So, you know, evaluate your habits. Do you have issues with actions that you're taking in the business or the way that you're expressing your emotions? You know, you want to you want to really take a look at yourself and say, what do I want to see in my team? Do I see that in myself? That's not always the most pleasant exercise to go through. I mean, I I have plenty of these things that I need to work on, but are you showing people that you're driven, disciplined, and dependable? You know, are you joyful in your work? Are you happy with what you're doing? I mean, if you're doing those things, your team is going to replicate that. If you're coming in late, you're kind of Depressed? You got a sad look on your face. You're snapping at people. You know that's going to get replicated into your team. So just be super aware of your habits and what you're doing.
0: That's interesting because you know when, when you said habits, I was sitting here thinking to myself, you're going to talk about you know how to be a productive integrator. I mean, kind of going towards that part of entrepreneurship and productivity. And you you really took this a different angle. You said that this is more of a uh, you know, that more of a leadership thing than, you know, how productive and how efficient can, you know, Steve Thiel be, but more about how can I set a great example for my team so that they start to emulate how how I work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it goes back to first creating that team but then fostering them and doing that by example. I mean actions are always louder than words, so I guess that's, it's harder, you know, it's easier to say something than to do it, but that's going to get you the best result. Do you, uh, in that
0: line of thinking with habits with your team, I mean, is it just setting the example or do you, uh, you know, do you talk about that with the people that you're leading as well of, you know, do you, do you work with them on their habits? Is that something that you, you bring to the table?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, we've got, Again, this is getting back to EOS, we've got our core values that that we have that we came together and created as a leadership team and also with the team that we had at the time. Um, if you're creating core values, it's super important to do it with your team. So we have those as like the guiding stars, if you will. Um, but yeah, getting into the nitty gritty, I mean, yeah, I'll sit down with someone and help them set up their calendar or how to, be more efficient with Gmail or, you know, whatever those things are that people need help with. Yeah, definitely. This has been really uh,
0: insightful. I hope that people that are either sitting in the integrator seats or considering it, or, you know, realizing that maybe they need to find an integrator, um, I hope that they have have taken uh, taken some notes and some nuggets on this. Um, any, any insight in terms of like how um, someone can tell if they are an integrator or visionary or if they need uh, to start looking for a, a counterpart in their business?
1: Um, I guess I would suggest reading one of the EOS books to get clear on what the differences are on the visionary and integrator seed. I don't think, don't buy into the myths of like, oh, a visionary is an extrovert, and a integrator is an introvert. You know, try to avoid the myths of those like stereotypes and biases that you might have against yourself. Um, but yeah, if you're just like in ideas mode all the time, you're super creative. Um, you like to quick quick start. You don't necessarily have the best follow through skills, you're probably more visionary, which I think most people are. Integrator is more grounded um, in their thoughts. They're more thinking about the follow through and how to actually logistically make something happen. Um, so maybe a little more analytical, more process driven. Um, and those are those are rarer to find. I don't know, what, how, how would you do it? I'm curious how you'd answer that question.
0: <laughs> in terms of like um you know how can you like tell how, how
1: would you know if you're a good visionary or a good integrator
0: i mean i think some of the things that that you said um are are really important i mean i think that the probably one of the most important skills of an integrator is is that focus component of keeping the business focused on you know the the priority that has already been set, right? Versus you know reprioritizing every every week, which I think is something that a visionary really wants. Um, and I've and I've actually tried to be better as a visionary of not doing that, of kind of creating my own systems and processes for logging ideas and kind of you know squirreling them away and giving them some time to rest before I start to bring them up and you know being a little bit more strategic about how I bring up ideas of. You know, if I know I'm going to be wanting a, uh, you know, to introduce a new concept at the quarterly or something, you know, to 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 start doing that in the weeks prior and saying, hey, I'm going to be talking about this at the quarterly. What do what do you think, right? And get some some of that out there ahead of time. So I think that I think that that for you know, if you're you're big on ideas, big on the vision of the business, um, you know, you're probably more in that in that visionary camp. I think that, um, but then the the integrator having that person that is going to be you know protect protect the focus of the business you know protect the business strategy this came up actually on a coaching call i had the other day of you know i i i helped somebody put business strategies one of the key accountabilities of an integrator and they said well you know doesn't the visionary come with the business strategy and i'm like well yeah you come up with that as a leadership team but then the integrator's job is to actually execute that business strategy and to protect that business strategy so i think you have to have somebody that is is also strong-willed in that space and can you know kind of defend Defend the business from the new shiny objects. Um, so finding somebody that can do that for you, I think, is, is important. Um, I don't know which is more. I think in entrepreneurial circles, visionaries are probably more common. But I think in the general workforce, um, there's probably actually quite a lot of operational minded people integrator-minded people. I think the challenge is for entrepreneurs to uh, step outside of entrepreneurial circles, right? All the entrepreneurial support groups and, and networks and things like that. I mean, it's easy to just be inside that echo chamber and think to yourself, gosh, there's just not integrators here, right? But usually they're hanging out at very different conferences, uh, very different events.
1: Uh, I know EOS. Yeah, I, I just kind of showed my bias there, didn't I? <laughs> I? I was kind of in the circle like, those people don't exist. I don't know where they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, but then I have mean, I know there's like EOS does like an integrator conference. I know that when we were hiring a, an operations lead, it was like all of a sudden, you know, they were like crawling out of the woodwork and there, there are a lot of people out there that, um, and, and this I think is important. I think you alluded to this in this episode that we have struggled with this um, issue that, you know, you, you do have visionary tendencies and, you know, and I probably have some, some integrator tendencies, right? I think we we've been entrepreneurs for a very long time and we both know how to execute and follow through and we both know how to come up with ideas I think probably long term in a business, you know, when you when you do get those resources and can hire a full time integrator, you know, you and I have talked about this, whether that's you or whether that's somebody else or whatever, um, to find that person that maybe is less prone to um, to coming up with all those ideas all the time and more prone to you know taking those core business strategies that you come up in your is and executing them and staying laser focused on that follow through component. Uh, and, in, you know, really finding that hardcore yin and yang, not the kind of like, you know, we're, I lean more this way, you lean more that way. So we're going to decide which seat we go onto but really, you know, when, if you're going to try to, you know, move past a seven figure business into an eight or nine figure business, you know, there are people out there that, you know, go to school for this kind of stuff and and study it, and they are very much integrators. So I think you know finding that person um, is 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 important if you're going to take your business to that level. But I think for most agencies out there, you know, I'm not sure you necessarily need that hardcore uh, president of the company or operations, you know, director type person. But but they are out there. I think when the time's ready. So the takeaway here:
1: if you're an integrator, we want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah for sure if you're if you I mean I think you know a lot of uh I was talking to somebody in our community and they um they found a, a perfect fit for their integrator and it was like talking to that person it, w- it was so interesting because they were like yeah like I don't really like coming up with new ideas like I just like to execute them and I like to organize things and I like to you know unpack a, a, an idea into chunks and then figure out what it's going to take to build those things and I don't really like to come up with the next big idea and I was like Whoa. Okay. (laughs) I get it. Are you ill? Are you okay? (laughs) And and that's probably the challenge for I think most entrepreneur minded people is they, you know, you, you have that next big idea all the time and you, you know, you just can't, you can't do that all. You know, you can't bring every idea to, to market, but, um, Well, this has been super, super uh, insightful, Steve, and I want to thank you for. I know you're you're busy in two seats in the business, and I I know I tapped you to come come on the show. Uh, Before we close out, uh, you want to do a little lightning round? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. What is the
1: best advice you've ever received? Uh, I think it's the one that I I tried to call out repeatedly. Uh, Seek truth over being right. If you can, if you can find truth you're going you're gonna to be successful with your business and in life.
0: Mm. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success?
1: Uh, this is one that I've really started working on. It's get enough sleep. You can't underestimate the power of a good night's sleep. So I'm going to bed at 9, waking up at 5, which took a little bit of work to get there. I don't think I'm as early as you in the morning but I think that schedule works pretty good for me. So if you have to work on anything, work on your sleep. So you get, you get you, you aim for, or get that eight
0: hours every night. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> seven to
0: eight, seven to eight. That's good. That's good. I, I aim for seven. So we, uh, mm. uh but, but I also like to do naps. I was, uh, I, I, I tend to fall asleep uh, anywhere that I have an opportunity to to not be focused on something. I'm like, oh look, like a couch. I will sleep there for a half hour. Um, <laughs> can you share an internet resource, an app, or a tool that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought about that. Um, this is like business porn. This section. Um, I wanted to avoid like the software. So I was going to go back and if you're old school, you like pen and paper, I would say the best tool is a moleskin. The one that I used to use was the Folio. It's the 12 inch. It's a full piece of paper size. Brent, I think you still use that one. Uh It's my recommended tool. And then uh, what's the pen that we use? (laughs) Uh, What is that thing? The uh, the Uniball Vision Elite. I think it's a fine or micro tip. Yeah, I, uh, I
0: have one of those in my hands. However, I have more recently moved to the Bic Grip Roller Fine uh, for, for more of my stuff. I, I, but it does not like to write at any vertical angle or upside down. So if you're sitting in bed, it's actually a pain in the butt. But if you're at a desk, it, it writes much nicer. But uh, but I still keep yeah. a Uniball Vision Elite for those times that I'm not uh, at a desk.
1: So the, the the new tool, I got this from Phil actually. I got an iPad pro, one of the big ones, the the 13 inch and basically replaced that moleskin with, with that. And I got the, the eye pencil. Mm. And then um, I got that probably back in April that totally changed the game for me. Like I had been journaling, note-taking, writing down ideas in the moleskin and it's like, once you put pen on paper, it's done. And I always want to move things around or, Change something, so that was a total game changer for me. And then being able to go back and and search through the notes, the uh, it's just been totally, totally a game changer. And you can create like different categories, so you can have like multiple notebooks. Hmm. Uh, the apps that I'm using on that, uh, the note taking is Goodnotes, and for to dos I use Things, and those are both apple specific so you know me Brent. I'm, i've never been an apple person
0: <laughs> i i know i think i showed up to your house for like an all-day work session and i was like that's an ipad
1: that's a macbook yeah. that's an i iPhone. mean we, 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 we both we both build pcs we <laughs> both love our windows and i actually really like google and android if they would figure out their watch i think i might go back because there are some things about apple that i'm not digging but the watch and the iPad, I'm definitely liking that.
0: Well, in good form, We uh, I asked you a question about tools and we are now squirreled down that rabbit hole uh, thoroughly. Oops. So I'm going to bring us back <laughs> know, to... <laughs> business porn. <laughs> our, uh, what book would you recommend and why?
1: I think the one that I picked that ties into leadership, it's Principles by Ray Dalio. So that just came out, I think, this year, last year. We uh, don't know who Ray is. He runs Bridgewater, which is, I think, one of the if not the biggest hedge fund out there. And, uh, I love that he starts his book with, you probably shouldn't listen to a thing that I say, cause I'm a dumb shit. <laughs> and then he goes on to just, just give you tons of good gold nuggets on how to think, how to check your ego, how to build a company, how to build a team, a lot of good stuff in there. So I'd recommend that one.
0: That's a good, uh, disarming tactic. So that's, that's an interesting way for him to start his book. Um, How can our audience find out more about you? And is there there anything that you have that they can check out? Um,
1: I'm not really on social all that much. You could probably send me a message on Facebook. I might get back to you in like a week. (laughs) You can send me an email, steve at yougurus.com. What do we have going on right now? We've got You Summit coming up. Uh, When is that? September 28th through the 30th September
0: 28th Denver. 29th and 30th yep
1: yep so if you're interested in that haven't bought a ticket we had a really great event last year uh, got a great lineup we've got a cap to 200 people I think what really makes the event special is it's an intimate setting with people that are just like you they're an entrepreneur they're struggling to make this thing happen and there's tons of great ideas and connections and energy and goodness that comes out of it so if you can make it, We'd
0: love to have you there. You guys can check that out. yougurus.com forward slash you summit, or just check out our website and click on the events page, and you'll find you'll find it on there. So thanks for uh, thanks for mentioning that, Steve. Uh, and Steve, you uh, you also lead our marketing and sales. I mentioned this is a proof point in your intro that you have managed at least for our company, plus uh, customer ad spends and whatnot, but you've managed. Um, uh, over half a million dollars in ad spend for you gurus over the last couple of years. And so I want to just tell our listeners that um, my plan is to have you back on the show here in a few weeks to talk more about that marketing and sales seat than just the integrator seat. So just a little open loop for our uh, listeners. If you're interested to hear about what Hall what Steve has learned uh, spending half a million dollars on Facebook, then make sure you look out for that ep- episode here coming up in a few weeks. That should be fun. Thanks for being on the program, Steve. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. And that's our show for this week of The Digital Agency Show. Tune in each and every week to help empower you to grow your digital agency, to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to The Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out? Cash crunched?